When the Lord gave me this series months ago, it was a great idea because spring training was about to happen all across Arizona and Florida. But something happens when grown men who, wait, who make too much money think that they need more money, and they decide not to show up to play a kid's game. They lock them out, right? Sad thing is, I had tickets to opening day as well. That's okay. It's, it's something else is going to take place that day, I guess, that the Lord had for me. This is supposed to be spring training time. And I was so excited that the series was going to just match perfectly, right? We were going to have Cracker Jacks and hot dogs and, I mean, just all sorts of stuff. Well, a curveball was thrown at us, but it wasn't a curveball to the Lord because I believe he still has a word for us. Amen? What do you do when life throws you something unexpectedly? Hey, any baseball players in the house today? Come on. A couple of you guys. Okay, I love that. I love that. Every, I love baseball. First of all, I believe baseball is, it's the hardest sport out there. Let me think about it. Something coming at you at a rate of anywhere from 70 to 100 miles an hour that you've got to react to and you've got to make contact with and hit it in order to continue in the game. It's just, it's difficult. Listen, golf is easy. The ball's stationary. It sits right there for you, right? Yeah. We know that that's not easy either, is it? So it's hard. In tennis, you have a, a, a big round thing that you can use to hit a, a ball coming at you, whatever. I love the game of baseball, um, and I've played it a lot of my life. Now, you can tell by looking at me that I don't play anymore, right? I look like a ball, but I, I, um, I, I don't play much baseball. But I love the game of baseball. Here's why I love the game of baseball. You make contact three out of ten times, and you're a Hall of Famer. I mean, what other area of life can you just succeed 30% of the time and still be considered the best of the best? Nothing. Husbands, love your wife only 30% this month. See what happens. Show up to work 30% of the time this week. See what your boss says. Students, only do 30% of the work, right? No, no. But in baseball, I love it. Hit the ball three out of ten times, get on base, and you're a Hall of Famer. I love that, right? Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at this game of baseball and talk about something that is a big part of baseball. It's something known as a curveball. You see, most hitters, most hitters, uh, as they progress through this, through, through, through baseball, as they progress in their years and, and move on to the next level, they, they, they become really good at making contact with the ball. And, and, and pitchers, um, uh, what, what makes a good pitcher is, is his ability not just to throw the ball straight. Listen, even if you throw 90 plus miles an hour, good hitters at some point are, are going to be able to get their timing down and they're going to understand what you're doing. They're going to get in your head. I used to love to look at pitchers sometimes once I got their timing down and, and man, I just kind of wink at him and let him know 
that I was on to him. But a good pitcher understands this. I can't just live on a steady diet of fastballs that are straight and, and maybe contain a lot of velocity. I've got to do something to throw the batter's timing off. Thus, they, mention, they, they mix in something in their arsenal of pitches known as a curveball. A, a curveball is, 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 is a spinning mess of junk and funk that comes at a hitter that makes them look what we would say sick and silly in a batter's box. And listen, every good hitter in baseball will tell you this. It's impossible to hit a good curveball. It is. A good curveball makes the best of the best. Any Hall of Famer, you know, a good curveball makes them look silly in the batter's box. I mean, they're like, oh, their timing is off and they're just jacked up. Pitchers know that. Pitchers know that I've got to do something to mix it up. If I don't mix it up, listen, that hitter's going to be on to me. And, and maybe that second time through the lineup or that third time through the lineup, man, those guys are going to start cranking on me. A pitcher knows he's got to mix it up in order to accomplish what he set out to do. You know, there is someone else in this world that loves to mix it up. There, there, there is someone else in this world that, let's just call him for what it is, he's a trickster. He, he, he likes to throw us off balance in life. Much like a pitcher tries to disrupt the routine of a hitter in a batter's box, there is an enemy in this world that is trying to trip you up and make you look silly. And he's successful a lot of times, is he not? Listen, Satan's favorite ploy in life is to trick us. We find that early on in, in all of history, in the very first book of the Bible, is that not what he did in a garden with Adam and Eve? Did God really say that if you ate from this tree, that you would? You see, he tried to play a trick on them, did he not? And, and he was successful. And did he not mess them up? <laughs> Messed all of us up, did he not? We are still bearing the brunt of their poor decision, even in the Garden of Eden. A trickster. Listen, there's something that every one of us in this room have in common. A couple of things. One of which, we're all sinners. You know that, right? Just look at your neighbor right now and say, now he's preaching to you. This is a word for you. You're a sinner. You're a dirty, rotten scoundrel. You jack up. You're a mess. There's no, no, don't tell him there's no hope. There is always hope, right? Amen. But. But you know what I'm saying? Scripture says that for all have sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. Well, it means we all make mistakes, right? And, and, and the other thing that, that we all in this room have in common is something that I want us to start a journey on today. And over the next few weeks, we want to begin to, to learn how to make it through life whenever life throws us a curveball, when life throws something, when it spins life in such a way that we're not ready for it. But listen, we, 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 we all will face things that are unexpected. In fact, if there's something I would like for you to understand today is you should expect the unexpected. Life doesn't always pan out and play out the way you want it to, right? You should expect the unexpected. How many of you would say my life has always turned out exactly the way that I thought it would? My kids have always made the right choices. You know, I've always pleased the boss. You know, the, the sun is always shining. My grass always looks immaculate. I mean, listen, no, no, none of us 
make it through life unscathed. None of us make it through life without some sort of curveball season. Is that correct? Listen, you all should expect the unexpected. Curveballs in life. Marriages do fall apart. We do receive negative health reports. We do lose loved ones way too soon and we're not ready. There are financial struggles and setbacks, correct? Sometimes your kids do go a little crazy and AWOL, do they not? What do you do when that job that you thought was going to be yours until you were ready to step away from it and when someone else makes the decision, say, you know what? We're done with you. Life is full of curveballs, is it not? Life is filled with things that we're not planning on and they just come at us. What do you do when life is spinning in a way that you weren't expecting? What do you do with the unexpected. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about some things, but I just kind of want to foam the runway and get you ready for that. What what if, just what if, all of these things that we see as negative, what, what if not all negative things really were that bad? But what if there was some sort of silver lining even in this season that maybe today you find yourself in. It's not pleasant, but, but, but what if there was still something good that could come from it? Here's what I do know. What might be unexpected to you when it comes at us has never caught God by surprise. It's never caught him off guard. In fact, if you're not in one of these seasons right now, you need to get ready because it will come, right? But, but it never catches God by surprise. And even though we might find ourselves in a season right now of unexpected something, we can have great confidence and hope that God already sees the outcome. In fact, what if your setback was actually a setup for God to do something new and different in your life? That's what I want us to talk about over these next few weeks. I want to encourage someone, and over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at at people actually in Scripture that faced something unexpected, but how they didn't let that necessarily keep them down, and actually God promoted them and grew them in that season for something greater than they ever dreamed or imagined. You know that's what God does, right? My God is able, Scripture says, to do immeasurably more than we could ever dream or ask. And right now, you might find yourself in a pickle. I don't know what that means, but Grandma used to always say that, right? You find yourself in a difficult season. But I want to encourage you to hang on. And I want to encourage you through God's Word on how we might be able to face this season. And by the way, don't you love the Bible? Hey, do you read it? Uh, Don't lie to me. We're in church. Do you read God's word? It's good for you. Amen. And so we're going to look at it. We're going to look at it because we believe that it's got great instruction for us. And I just want to encourage you today with the word of the Lord. In James chapter one today, three verses, we're going to look at some others as well. But I love this passage about the curveballs and the seasons we go through. Now, listen, this is written by James. Excuse me, one second. 
Your preacher goes hard when he worships down front. And I oftentimes sing, I'm a little too boisterous, okay? That's okay. I love Jesus. I love to worship, amen? Um, James is not the disciple James, but this is James, the half-brother of Jesus. How would you like to be that? You, you know who mom's favorite was in that house growing up, right? <laughs> James, why can't you be like your brother Jesus? He's perfect. He doesn't ever, he's in bed on time. He's up, he helps with the chores. James, you, can you just see James trying to be like, oh man, I, I had a chance to hang out with my older brother this weekend and but I can't imagine being Jesus's brother. I mean, there's, there's no hope in that situation, right? You'll never measure up. Anyway, this is the half-brother of Jesus that's writing these words here that I believe might just encourage us today and give us a new perspective when the unexpected comes our direction. Can I read some scripture to you today? James chapter one, beginning in verse two, it says, dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind, say the word when, when trouble of any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Let's just stop the bus. What is James smoking right here? <laughs> when troubles of any kind come my way, you want me to consider it an opportunity for great joy. I got to be honest with you. That's some of scripture that sometimes I have a hard time with. It's hard, isn't it? And it might be hard for you right now because you're in the thick of it. The enemy has tricked you. He's thrown you a curveball in life. Something unexpected has happened in your life. And you're telling me right now, James, half-brother of Jesus, that I need to have great joy in this season? It might have been easy for you when the Holy Spirit gave you these words, bro, when you wrote them down for us, okay? But I'm just telling you right now, it's hard. Am I talking to anybody? Let's be real. I'm telling you, you need to understand something about this sermon series. This came, it's come in a dark season for me as well. And it's hard sometimes when you're facing things that you, you're not planning for. I think James understood that. And that's why I'm trying to encourage you with his word today. When trouble of any kind comes your way, he says, consider it an opportunity for great joy. That word opportunity is big because how you respond to the curveballs in life either set you up for success or it will destroy you. Are you with me today, 11 o'clock? Let's go. Consider an opportunity for great joys. Next verse says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. And so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect. Some translations say mature. When your Faith is finally, or when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Wow. Consider trials and struggles, difficult seasons, curveballs, unexpected things. Consider those opportunities for great joy. And James doesn't say if you go through those moments. He says when. It is a guarantee. You might not be in one of those seasons right now, but you need to batten down the hatches because there will come a tumultuous season, a stormy time in your life, right? It's not if it happens, but it's when it happens. And so wouldn't it be great for us to kind of prepare ourselves 
to, to, to maybe get ready. Listen, and James is not saying, hey, listen, you just need to put a smile on your face and act like you're happy. No, you know, not, this is not a fake it till you make it type of encouragement here in the book of James. But what James is trying to get us to understand is how can we maybe see these difficult times, these unexpected seasons? How can we maybe begin to see them from a different perspective and see an opportunity in the midst of it? When you have trouble, consider an opportunity. That means that there's a choice that we all must make. John Maxwell says you win some and you learn some. You see, people with the proper perspective, and I think the James perspective, see their setbacks as maybe a set up. And God, even in this difficult season, what is it that you want me to grow and learn from? I'm telling you, the last really five to six months have been the worst of the worst for me on so many different levels. There have been those seasons or those moments in this season in which I've sat there and I have yelled, I've cried. I've even cussed. Don't be looking at me with judgment because I know you do too, right? You watch Yellowstone. Don't be pointing fingers at me. Okay? Yeah. The altar is open for confession right now. I felt alone. Um, It's been miserable. And you can sit in those moments, can you not? And just sit there. And can I just tell you something? First of all, the enemy wants you to stay there. He wants you to stay in that moment. But listen, I also want to get, it's okay in those moments to yell. Maybe not cuss. That's between you and the Lord. But it's okay to be real with your emotions in those moments, right? And I think for so many of us, we feel like we have to suppress that. And we just have to continue to be pious and feel like nothing's wrong in our lives. James is not telling you, hey, put on a happy face. No, he's saying, listen, but I want you to begin to see this as an opportunity for God to teach you something in this season. He wants to grow you. He wants to develop your endurance. Some translations say he wants to develop and increase your perseverance because for some of us, this season, man, when will it end? I wish today I could snap my fingers. I wish there was an elixir we could give you. I wish there was a pill that says, hey, take this and you're going to be out of it. But the reality is I'm not God. He is. And it's in these seasons, here's what I'm learning, that he is developing something in me. Although I would not wish my season or for someone that's in a difficult season right now on you, I don't know if I would trade it right now because of what God is showing me and what he's doing in my life. You see, that's the perspective that James is wanting us to have here in James 1. Could you consider this difficulty? Could you consider the curveball? Could you consider this unexpected season as maybe an opportunity for God to, well, he says, to develop you. Listen, he says here, God's not doing this to develop and make you happy. No. He says he's developing you so that you will be mature and complete. And could it just possibly be that this season of difficulty that you're going through is something God is doing to 
complete you and perfect you. To make you whole. To maybe show you something you've not seen before and to prepare you, ah, come on church, for something greater in your future. Right? You see, there is no wasted season unless we miss it. And unless we sit and waller and stay in that pit. I love how this, trans, this verse reads in the message translation. L- listen to how it reads here. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. A gift? Really? Really. The anguish, the loneliness, the dark feeling, mm-mm. it's a gift? Know that it's under pressure that your faith life is forced into the open. What? So maybe in this season, my faith is actually forced into the open and my true colors can be seen. Don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let God do its work in you. Let him do his work in you so that you can become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. You see, maybe you're going through a difficult season. Maybe this unexpected thing that you're doing, maybe it just might be the silver lining in it is this. God is doing something to prepare you for your next. We, we, we say this all the time around here. It's not the knockdown that defines you, but it's the get up. In fact, I love how Charles Swindoll, great pastor, author, writer. I love how he says this. He says, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. We're all going to get knocked down. Every boxer knows that if they're a boxer or they're MMA, did you watch that last night? Annie and I watched it. We watched two girls fight last night. It was awesome bonding time for me and my family, right? (laughs) I watched the Tar Heels beat the Blue Devils first, and it was a great night. And at least every boxer, every MMA, every grappler knows I'm going to get knocked down. But that doesn't mean I'm defeated unless I what? Stay down. It's not the knockdown that defines you, but it's the get up. And the reality is every one of us listening here today are going to get knocked down sometimes. We're going to face some difficulties. But what will you do in response to that? Can I give you some things real quick to maybe help you today? Um, it's, it's almost time for us to leave, but I, I want to get some stuff into you that might help you if you find yourself in this difficult season right now. F- f- first of all, I want to encourage you to, to thank God that he is with you. You, you, you know, and I, I think I said it earlier, you, you, you know you cannot escape the presence of God. You've tried, but check this out. He is everywhere and you just can't, you're not going to lose him. You can do your best. You can give him the Heisman and try to run from him all you want to. But I'm telling you, for some of you that are in a difficult, dark season right now, maybe just thank God, first of all, for his presence. Just thank him. God, thank you that in, the, in this moment, I don't like it, but I have confidence. We say Godfidence. I have Godfidence that you're with me and you've not left me. Maybe not only thanking him, but maybe asking him to help you with your situation. 
Have you invited God into this season? Have you invited God? Have you truly begged and asked him, have you been that persistent widow? Have you kept banging the the, the doors of heaven and asking God to help you, to help solve your problem? Maybe as James would say, God, would you give me the endurance to persevere? Ask him for help. Thank him for his presence. Ask him for help. And then I would encourage you, and we saw it there in James, he said, you need to be patient. You see, some, have you ever tried to get ahead of God in any decision you made or what? Have you ever done that? Come on. How many of you have ever? Yeah, I, I have. I, I, I've actually made a ministry move from one church to another because it looked bigger, better, and more glamorous, right? But God wasn't in. I'm not saying he wasn't in it. I got ahead of God, Right? Sometimes we're not patient enough. And, 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 and James says, you know, let it develop in you. Don't act prematurely. We need to learn to be patient. It's not easy when you're in that season, though, is it? We, 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 we expect God to act when we want him to act. We, we, and we want him to do it in, in the way that we want him to do it, right? But the reality is, is what I've come to understand, I... I can't control those. And listen, sometimes we find ourselves in a situation where because of bonehead decisions we make, right? Come on, you ever made a bad? Come on. Sometimes it's self-inflicted seasons, right? But I have to even understand, even in those moments, that I've got to be patient and trust the Lord. I don't need to give up hope. You know, that word faith means believing that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. That's what faith is. And I just have to be reminded in this season as my faith is being developed that God is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. You know what God will do? In Psalm chapter 34, verse 18, it says, if your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Other translations say that God is close to the brokenhearted. Anybody brokenhearted in this room today? It's okay. It's okay. God's close to you. It's the promise that he gives us. Feel like you've been kicked in the gut? Hard for you to breathe right now? You ever lost your breath? It's a helpless feeling, right? His promise is that he's with us in those moments. He's not going to leave us. And he's going to help us get back on our feet again. So maybe here today, you just need to be reminded that God's not going to leave you. He's not forgotten you. Maybe here today, someone just needs a word of encouragement. Maybe today you need to be reminded, hey, be strong and of courage. Don't be afraid. Maybe you you need some wisdom. Ask God to give you wisdom and, and maybe some discernment as you navigate whatever this season looks like for you right now. But make no mistake about it. He is there. You know, we have two possible responses when the curveballs of life come our way. We can swing and miss and 
feel like we're done with and just lay it down and give up. Or we can say, you know what? I have another opportunity. There's another pitch coming. And I want to get back up. I'm going to get in my stance and I am going to get ready for what comes next. Are, are, are you in it just when things are good and feel good? Or are you in it for the long haul knowing that Jesus does say, oh yeah, in this world you will have trouble. <laughs> but he says, I want you to take heart. I've overcome it. It's not the knockdown that defines you. But it's the get up. It's not how many times you swing and you miss. No, there's always going to be another opportunity for you. Well, to knock it out of the park. What will you do? Would you stand with me today? And our ministry team is going to come to the front. Hey, as, as Zach plays, I just want to encourage us with something today. Maybe you're here today and you're in a difficult season. And I just want to invite you right now to go ahead and begin to come and maybe just kneel at the altar and pray. Maybe you're in a difficult season right now. It's a tough spot. Maybe just come and share that with one of our prayer team members, even right now. Listen, you don't need to go at it alone. Yes, we need to ask God for his help and he's with us. But listen, God also surrounds us with other people. So I just want to invite those of you right now, just bow your head and close your eyes. And if you're here today and it's a rough spot for you right now, would you just go ahead and come towards the front and and maybe kneel or maybe just share that with someone here today. Let us encourage you. Let us, let us give you a word of hope today that might just help you as you try to figure this out. The, the, just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I, I want to read to you just some, some bonus Bible. And, and, and the Lord just directed me to this in between the services and and, and, and I think that we're going to deal with this a little bit more next week. It's found in the book of Romans chapter 5. I'm going to read to you these verses. And, and we'll, we'll unpack this more in the weeks to come. But it says this. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. So God, I want to pray right now for the person that's in a, they're in a jam. They're in a tough spot. This season is not anything that they would have ever mapped out and wanted for, for themselves. But God, they find themselves in the thick of it right now. God, I'm praying that that individual would know that they're not done first and foremost. That you are still with them. That if they have a pulse, they still have a what? A purpose. That if they're not dead, you're not done, right? That they would not give up in this season. 
that you are a wonder-working God. There is nothing that has taken you by surprise. Nothing has caught you off guard. And God, even though we can't see it right now, God, you already know the outcomes and you're already working all things together for the good. That, Lord, what the enemies meant for evil, you turn it for good. I want to encourage someone with that today. You're with them. They would continue to call out and ask you for help, God. That they would be patient in this season. God, that they would not waste it. They would allow you to continue to just equip them and prepare them, mature them, complete them, develop them. Because, God, I believe that you've got greater things. Lord, it's oftentimes through the adversity. It's through the the fire. It's through the tension and those stress points of life that, God, you do your greatest work in us. Preparing us for something in our future. And so, God, although we don't relish the seasons, we thank you for them that are difficult. And God, I pray for that person here today that just finds himself in the midst of it, that they would hold on to Jesus. Just hang on. I don't know when the storm will end. I don't know how it will end. But God, I know the one who's able to speak to the storm and say, peace. Peace. And so today, I just want to remind you that we're going to stand down front today and we'd love to encourage you and pray with you over anything you're going through. And above all, as we leave this place today, I want you to know you're going to face something this week, potentially. That could be a setback. But I want to encourage you to have a different perspective with that setback this week. Could we count it as joy? Can we look at it as an opportunity for God to do something in us to make us even better than, by golly, we already are? Let's count it all joy. When you suffer trials, when you suffer trials of any kind, Because in it, God is producing something awesome in you. To him be the glory and the honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, thank you. You are dismissed.